I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Spreaker. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Cephas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. Yo! Well, we dropped a few units last week, but that's all right. It's very early. No reason for anybody to freak out. Just just (laughs) calm down over there. And listen, usually when college goes sideways or the NFL goes sideways, one or the other will kind of pick up the slack. But this early in the year, limited uh, units uh, just didn't get the chance. But it got me thinking about other parts stepping up when others struggle. And there's that old joke. About a woman who goes to her hoo-ha doctor and then comes home and says her doctor says she can't have sex for a week. And of course, the man rightfully replies, well, what did your dentist say? You know, so, <laughs> but I will say that joke always rubbed me a little wrong, Bo Cephas, and it's not because I'm some flaming feminist or anything like that. We know that that's not the truth. It's because not only do I want to know what her dentist said, Let's hear from that proctologist as well, baby. <laughs> Listen, God, God gave you three holes for a reason, and those other two need to step it up. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park, and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. And as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking an Everything Rhymes with Orange from Rough Tail Brewing Company hmm. in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, because they are really good at naming things up there. Bad name, bad name. 
yeah. So two and a half stars out of five. So it, it is as average as their football team that resides in Norman. Shut Who's going to get their fucking asses whipped by Texas in a few weeks? Mm. But tonight, I'm drinking this beer because, you know, everything doesn't rhyme with orange. But you know what does rhyme with orange, Longhorn? Hmm. Super contest, baby. And my buddy started 4-1 <laughs> last week just kicking that ass. And you know what else rhymes with orange, Longhorn? Oh, please tell me. Repeat, because he's about to repeat that performance, and you get all that gold insight right here tonight. This feels like a lot of pressure. I already feel like I'm clamming up, and (laughs) I I feel like what's good. I feel like the Longhorns facing Oklahoma when they're four and zero. It ain't gonna go very well. (laughs) All right, boys and girls, in the podcast now, we're gonna go over every game in the NFL in the air tonight, and of course, of course we need you paid with those free picks as we always do but right now we have to get paid to do that here is this week's sponsor this week's podcast is sponsored by billy's burger barn are you tired of people finding you attractive do you wish you had less self-respect do you want people to stop loving you well then come on down to billy's burger barn at billy's burger barn we have just the right combination of fatty ass foods covered in salt and devil semen that will make you hate yourself in no time and just one fucking bite of this preservative filled fat laden horseshit excuse for food and you will have to avoid contact with your family for at least a week out of pure fucking shame and nothing shortens your life expectancy like our extra value meal so come on down to billy's and get the glory hole boy special that's four double bacon cheeseburgers, exercise fries, and the biggest goddamn milkshake on the planet. All for just $5.99. At Billy's Burger Barn, you know our jingle. Your fat ass is gonna eat somewhere. Might as well be here. Oh my god, Longhorn, that Billy's Burger Barn. Well, summer is finally over. We can put our shirts back on and tuck mm. our abs away for another year. So, buddy, it's time to get fat, drink a ton of beer, and watch some goddamn football. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's hoodie season for the women. It's, uh, you know, put those black tight spandex yoga pants on. Uh, I will just a little warning to the women out there. Actually, probably more to the men. Be be wary of those women who pull the yoga pants up over the belly. Mm. Squeezing it real tight because once that comes down, all fucking kinds of mess just falls right out you can never find the hole you need you need the you need the the hoo-ha doctor to find where you where you're supposed to go <laughs> it's just not good for anybody beware of the long vagina boys and girls yes. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby. Yeah, baby, you heard them bells. That means you know what time it is. It is time for us to go over every game in the NFL tonight. 
Now, we'll, I will preference this week with this, as I did last week with the uh, division underdogs. So, since 2012, 63% of the teams that lose by double digits in week one go on to cover the spread in week two. And 52.1% of those teams, percent of those teams win outright. So, the record is 45-26 ATS, 38-35 and 35 straight up. So, just want to cover that with you guys off the top. I'll be reminding everybody of who those teams are as we go through. How many were there? Just you don't have to name them, but there how many were, were there? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams. Good lord! Last okay. year there were seven, so one more. And what they go last year? Uh, five and two ATS. All right, good and stuff. four and three straight up, I believe. Good stuff. All right, I, I, I kind of. I mean, I hate that I don't know this information at the start, so I'm probably going to hit some sounders on some shit I shouldn't. But uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's roll with it. Hey, baby, fuck it. Let's roll with it. And we're going to start off, Longhorn, with those Tennessee Titans at home. They're catching a consensus three points right now to those San Diego Superchargers. (laughs) They're back to to San Diego. Yeah, fuck them because they they didn't fucking cover for me, so Uh fuck you guys. Uh Yeah, I know. I see what you're doing there. Um, (laughs) Breaking news for all you Chargers fans. You're going to be San Diego next week, too, because hit that sounder, Bo Sevis. Tennessee is going to steal this game. And I was trying to, like, think in your setup. I'm like, I'm like doing the math. Wait, wait, did, did the Chargers lose? But no, they they lost by they barely lost, so they don't fall into that little bucket that you were talking about. Um, and they're not and they're not dogs. So they have to, does it have to be dogs next week? Is that no, 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 no? Doesn't does not have to. Okay, be. okay. All right. Well, as far as this game goes, Tennessee is really good against the run. I talked about in the preseason about how I just wasn't quite, you know, sold on this team, but it. It's just when you look at the roster, you still look at the roster. You're kind of un, uh, unimpressed on Tennessee's defense as far as the talent goes. But Vrabel's just a fucking badass. Like he is just a badass coach, head coach, defensive-minded coach. Period. Uh, and the massive edge in this game goes to him. They're coming back home. They lost a close one last week. Um, if they're going to be this feisty, you know, uh, hard to beat team like they've always been as long as they get competent quarterback play and they didn't last week they got awful quarterback play and still play tennessee football with a chance to win at the end um yeah i just you know last week bosa and mac were invisible invisible and the defense was awful period for the chargers so i'm not not taking them off the hook either but it all starts up front putting pressure on the quarterback and i don't really get into PFF grades this early in the season. I usually wait till week three or four until I'll start announcing grades for the season because it's just not fair this early in the season. But uh, Bosa and Mac were invisible on the field, and they were invisible in PFF rankings. So if there's no pressure on Tannehill, then I expect him to play better than he did last week against a, a ferocious New Orleans defense. Back home, catching a three. I have to hit the sound on this, Bosevas. I mean, and I love the charge. I love, I love the quarterback. I love the quarterback. Let's just let's just be real. I love the quarterback and I love the offense. I love the offensive line. I hate the coach, and the coach is a defensive minded coach. So I hate the defense too. So yeah, give me the give me the Titans. All right. Well, uh, plenty of bucket support for you this week, and including one: the Titans are a dog in the first quarter of the season that have moved down. 
in the uh, opening from the opening line in May, I believe it was four. It's down to three. Now, last week, we had six of those teams. They went four and two ATS. In my research, I had them at 61.6% coming into the season, so outperformed even what its history had been since I did the research. So, excellent bucket to be in there. And also, they were in, they're in another 60% bucket that went 1-0 and last week. There was only one team in it. This week, there's three. And let's see, they're also in another uh, bucket, 59% bucket, that went 3-1 and one last week. So I expect some regression from this bucket this week, but there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 fucking teams in this bucket this year, this week. So you got plenty of chances to pick up some wins on a 59% trendy bucket. Like I said, 75% winning on that, 100% last, uh, last week on the other one, and 66% on the other one the Titans are in. So from a research perspective of all the work that we did this summer, the Titans are definitely uh, in the good spot in every single case. The Chargers don't land in any buckets this week, so you don't have any negative uh, regression from any of those spots. However, one thing you said about, you know, why the Chargers didn't get pressure. Well, it's hard to get pressure when Tua throws the ball in like less than one second every fucking snap. That's and kudos, part of it. That's and kudos part of to it. him and his coach for designing that offense, and they have the weapons to be able to do that. Tennessee obviously does not have the weapons to do that at all, and Tannehill is notoriously bad at holding the ball for fucking ever. But I still didn't like the way even the Chargers looked against the run so much, so I'm not that worried about that. Here is one trend that I found, though, and it's it's just, it's not a lot of data in it. Um, there's only been three teams since 2012, but this week, this week, there's been three teams in a decade. This week, we have two more. So we'll find out a little bit more about this trend, but and it's just very it's just very situational. So there have been three teams who covered in week one on the road, and then are home dogs in week two. Which you would think, okay, well I just covered on the road. Now I'm a home dog. I'm still getting disrespect in the market. Should be good. Uh, and they're home dogs to a team that lost. Sorry, straight up as a home favorite in week one. Those three teams are one and two ATS. But more importantly than that, the margin. On those ATS losses is 15 and a half points per game with an average line of plus two, which means obviously 66% of the time in this situation, it is a fucking ass whipping for the home dogs. Now, again, we've had only had three teams yeah, in a decade that fell into this. That's kind this, of sample size for me there. It is, but situationally, and these early, these early, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but these early season situational trends mean more to me because especially even on a short sample size means we just haven't seen a lot of this well there's a reason why i haven't seen a lot of this because vegas odds makers make these odds based on the information that they know if they haven't made too many odds or too many lines like this it means it probably fall into the same sort of line as uh what has what has been seen before in those three games so again there's two of them this week Take for what it's worth, but in this situation, historically, the home team, the home dog, has gotten their fucking asses whipped. So, but I don't, I, I don't hate your handicap, and I have no interest in backing the Chargers. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Moving on. Uh, bring this back up. Sorry. All right, we got them hot Atlanta Falcons. Oh, they were good to my buddy last week. This week, consensus one point home dogs to the Green Bay Packers. 
Yeah, this is a this is an interesting game to watch. It'll definitely be on one of my TVs for sure. This is this is a make a decision game, uh, you know. And, and obviously, with you, you see the line, you heard the line. It's kind of in that in that you know, which way do we go here? Like, just pick a team to win. Um, you know, what do you believe more in? Do you believe that like like what I believe that uh, when before the season started that Atlanta is a playoff team? With a shit quarterback and an easy schedule that that's gonna you know make their way to the playoffs, or do you believe that Green Bay is is a playoff team? Because if they start this game two and zero on the road, both games on the road, they are a playoff team. So really, it's just what do you believe? Do you believe in Atlanta, or do you believe that Green Bay is gonna make the playoffs? I like I said in our uh, inaugural inaugural Monday podcast recapping the week before i am i'm only taking 25 percent ish of my uh of what happened in week one affecting my priors and my priors had atlanta in the playoffs and green bay i think winning six or seven i'll have to pull that out so i gotta be i've, I've got to be true to my priors at least at least this early in the season that'll change when we get into week you know three and four for sure uh so i'm gonna lean to atlanta uh, I'm not gonna hit. I'm not gonna hit. You know, a sound or anything because I kind of want to see how this plays out. And I hate Ritter. I hate everything I saw from from Ritter. Um, but Love could not have played any better, and Ritter could not have played any worse. So I like the bounce back here for Ritter or Atlanta for sure. Uh, I this is a perfect tease up candidate. So if you if, you know if, if you're on the fence here and you don't really want to go either way. I've already got it teased up also, so it's a good candidate candidate for that. Other than that, just soft lean to Atlanta, Bocevas. Yeah, I didn't have much on this one. I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. That's kind of one of my watch. I have several watch-and-see games this week. Yeah. Uh, as far as buckets, Green Bay lands in the same bucket that the Titans do is in the 60%. Uh, that was 1-0 last week, and they land in the 59% bucket, the same as the Titans that was 3-1 last week. However... Atlanta, and this is going to be something to watch going forward because I did, like I said, extensive research on preseason lines. And these are the lines that, when they, since they started to put them out in May for the full season, all 17 games, they started that in 2020 uh, for the full season. And any time that a team that was originally favored flips to the dog, and this is not just for the first four weeks, this is a full season. Any time a team that was originally favored in May is the dog come game time, 59% those teams are ATS. So that's a pretty big lean to Atlanta. It's the first one we've had in this bucket uh, this year. There's actually four of those this week in that bucket. So I think all, all those things kind of cancel each other out, which makes sense to me. Um, you know, if you saw what Atlanta did, obviously they were excellent at running the fucking football. So that's going to be a test for Green Bay. Can they overcome, you know, the more ball control, they had plenty of chances on offense with Chicago's shitty offense. So, you know, can Love be as efficient? Can he be that good on the road in his first road start? Can Ritter play, I mean, just regular quarterback? I don't know. Again, it's a wait-and-see game for me. I don't not really his, have a lane. It's not his first road start. It's not Love's first road start? No. They were oh, yeah, they don't really last. My bad. Yeah, Sorry. that's what I'm saying. If they win this, they're 2-0 and on the road. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're My, going to the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be hard to keep them out at that point. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm down on Atlanta this year just because of Ritter. I was higher than you on Green Bay, so if I had to stay true to that, obviously I would lean Green Bay. But, again, I really want to see 
And it was a lot of games. It was a lot of games over the last three years where they – I mean, if you think about the course of what happens in a season for teams to flip from original favorite to dog, injuries, you know, quarterbacks go down, this and that. I mean, that's what it takes to really get that kind of flip. High expectations, they've totally flopped, or the quarterback goes down, blah, blah, blah. So everything negative, negative, negative on that team, and yet they covered a 59% clip. So that's why I'm interested to see what happens here in Atlanta See if that trend continues, or does the other couple buckets play out? We'll see. Like I said, I, I don't. I'm not strong either way on this uh, game at all. All right, all right. Moving on. Those Houston. I said Houston with an H. Jackson's hosting those Indianapolis Colts, and right now they are one point consensus home dogs. One point home dogs. Yeah, I would never hit a sounder on this. Although I do, if I was forced, I would lean to taking Houston uh, with that point. I I have already teased them up, uh, and just just you know, heads up. This is a heavy tease week. A lot of these lines are falling into that tease oh, category. Oh, you big tease you. I'm a big tease. Uh, said no woman ever, but that that's uh this this, this week is um this week is definitely heavy on the tease. As far as this game goes, it's disgusting. This is a gross game. I love the under. Uh, what's the under sitting at? I can't most? believe this wasn't the Hello Corner TV game of the fucking week. Well, you know what? That's a good call. Hello Corner TV game. I actually forgot about that. So yeah, let's make that the Corner TV game. It's disgusting. Um, I like the under. What what is it sitting at, Bosevas? Uh, I'll pull that up in just one second. If it's over nineteen and a half points, it's too many. So give me the under. And uh, listen, <laughs> both of these defenses it's look just slightly over nineteen. It's thirty nine and a half. Are they playing two games? Like they're never going to hit that. That's that's <laughs> that's impossible. Is this is this a double header on Sunday? What are we gonna we play doing? two? We gonna play yeah, two? Play two. Uh, both defenses looked really good. I was impressed. Big time by Houston's defense. Uh, Dude, I was impressed with them. I I, I kept telling you, because I kept asking, you're the roster guy. You're my guy. I I lean on for, you know, personnel. I'm like, dude, is Houston's defensive line really this? Because all preseason, nobody could run on them. They were getting pressure on quarterbacks. Like, how did this happen? How did this happen? I still can't necessarily explain it roster-wise, but as we've seen, you know, everyone in the NFL has a certain amount of talent or you wouldn't be there, certainly on the 53. And there's just something about effort in the NFL. And when you can light a fire and you get a new coach who's defensive-minded, I saw so many plays, and I couldn't believe it. It was 25-9. to nine. Like, the game was already over, uh, you know, as far as the scoreboard. Th- that The fucking defenders were flying when they weren't even close to the play. And that's how, you know, sometimes I see, I judge things and I look at, how you're playing when it doesn't matter on the scoreboard and it doesn't necessarily matter in that play. And I saw Houston guys 10 yards, 8 yards away from the play. They're not going to make the play, uh, you know, but they're flying to it. Okay, and that is that is coaching. That is a coach that has his team bought in and committed right now. Now, it's early. They may quit later. That happens to defenses. But right now, they're flying and they're making plays. Um and then in, in Indianapolis, we talked about, like, they are good on defense. I, I said last week, you know, DeForest Buckner might wreck that game. and That was the only way that Indy had a chance to win. Well, he did try to wreck that game, and it almost worked. It should have worked, uh, honestly. Indy should have covered that game. If they played that ten times, they're going to they're gonna cover that seven of them. Um, but, yeah, just I, I'm going to tease up Houston. I'm going to take the under. 
And on a force lane, I would I would take Houston at home to get that win. Speaking of PFF, I thought I saw a note that uh, one of Houston's cornerbacks was the number one graded PFF cornerback for for week one. Yeah, it's it's early, but I know. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. Uh, to your point, to the effort, and you know, and that and they got beat. Which so Houston and Indy, uh, bucket wise, <clears throat> Indy doesn't fall in anything. Houston is another one of those teams that flipped from original favorite to dog. So again, fifty nine percent of all those teams. So that goes uh, with Houston there. I think that that is well, they lost by double digits too, aren't they? One of those. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that in a second. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's the only bucket they fall in. However, yeah, the ten point trend. Well, that works both ways here because Indy lost oh. by ten. Also, oh yeah, that's right. So I was like, well, what the fuck happens when both fucking teams were shitty in week one? Well, it's only been six times where two teams played each other that lost by ten or more in week one, and the home team the next week is two and four straight up with an and ATS. With an ATS margin of negative 3.67. But that's with an average line of being favored by one and a half. As a dog, 0-2 straight up and ATS. Ugh, that's really the only thing that's holding me back from fucking being all over Houston this week. Just the history of two shitty teams get together. What happens? But, I mean, from what I saw, which is why we don't always rely on our eyes, because they do like to lie to us, I couldn't imagine playing you know, Indy in this game, you know, but at the same time, Houston can't score the ball. Indy did score the ball. They scored 20 fucking points. It just wasn't quite enough. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't have a way. If you made me bet it just with that trend, all things being equal, I would bet Indy, but I, I don't like it either way. All right. And, and it's another wait-and-see game for me because I want to see how these two young quarterbacks progress. They both got their, you know, kind of – Come up in a little bit, as rookies always do in their first game. So how do they bounce back? How do they play? You know, can Richardson, you know, throw the ball? Can, and you know what? Uh, the other quarterback, uh, Straub, he didn't look terrible. No, he looked all right. I, I mean, mean he, had, he, he had his bad moments. He definitely had his bad moments. But when he wasn't running backwards 15 yards. He, he's But that's, that's most rookies. Yeah. They, they do that. Well, that's one thing I did like about Richardson. He's mostly kind of going forward because he's looking – one read, if it ain't there, I am looking to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Your Detroit Lions just coming off their victory versus the world champions. Oh, they're at home. Consensus, mm-hmm. five and a half point favorites over those Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and if there was ever a Danger Zone game of the week, this is it. Danger Zone game of the week. A team coming off Bocephus, the biggest win in our football lifetimes for Detroit. Like, I mean, I, I mean, we remember some Barry Sanders wins, I guess. Maybe Stafford had a playoff win or whatever. But that was their biggest win that I can remember ever, especially when you take taking- I guess we're just going to forget about Scott Mitchell. I don't know. Whatever. I mean... Didn't he play with Barry Sanders? I mean, that was like that was like the nineties. I mean, that, that was a long, <laughs> bottom line is a long time ago. So now they come home with all those expectations through the roof. 
Seattle coming in wounded, off a loss, got blowout, and they're back in their comfort zone as dogs. They're, you know, I don't have the numbers to back it up. You're the numbers guy, but it seems like to me that Seattle's one of those teams that plays well as dogs and not as well as favorites. Um, now I am a little worried about Geno, but this is I mean, it's week two, so this, we're kind of in that. You know, let's fill some things out. But last year, Geno didn't start well either and then came out, I believe, in week three and against Detroit and just dropped a hammer for like 30-plus points. Oh, it was like 41 to 40, whatever the fuck it was. It was yeah, crazy. whatever. So, so, look, you know, it, everything points to Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. I got them at six. I, I don't remember the number you said, but I see it at five and a half on the screen. Yeah, uh, five and a half. Yeah, so, you know, six is a key number. So, you know, if you want to wait. To see if that goes back up to six. If you want to buy on to the six, it's a key number. But uh, I think I actually think Seattle's going to have a chance to get, go in here and win this game. So what do you got? Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Uh, if you look at the bucket, Seattle is in our 59% bucket line again. Three and one last week. They are also – no, that's the only bucket there. And then the Lions are in one of our 50-50 buckets that um, – Shocker went one and one last week. That's why it's a 50-50 bucket. So, um, they got that going for them. So, basically, Detroit has a coin flip. Seattle's got the edge there. And then, Seattle's one of the 10-point losses team. So, huge edge there, ATS, and straight up. Like I said, those dogs, 52% of the time, they win every time. So, Man, you get, if you tell me you give me more than a coin flip, uh, more more odds than a true coin flip for a dog of five or more points to win in the NFL, there there is no other way to go but Seattle here for me. It's Seattle or pass. Yep, I agree. All right, moving on. Those, God damn, I keep forgetting. Uh, Tampa Bakers. There we go. I got it. The Tampa Bakers. The Tampa Bakers. <laughs> now down to consensus two and a half point favorites over those Chicago Bears. Yeah, and everybody's going to hate it, but I don't care. I do what I want. Hit that sounder. Chicago, after a major, major disappointment last week, they go on the road, get away from distractions at home, and go into Tampa Bay and get this win. Listen, Tampa Bay does not have the pass rush to do what Green Bay did to Chicago. Uh, and, 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 you know, I know there there was some junk yardage and some junk points, but Chicago did, did still put up, you know, some some points, and they still had a, a decent YPP for the game. Um, and, and and on the other side, Baker is not good enough to take advantage of this lack of pass rush uh, of Chicago. You know, 80% of the money is coming on Chicago, so it seems like the, the pros are in agreement. And um, this is just a week when – Everybody wants to bury Chicago after all that hype. This is and then Tampa Bay. They're gonna have some people come on them after that impressive win. I'm going the other way. Fields goes nuts this week, both passing and throwing, and two bad teams or below average teams walk away both one and one after this is done. All right. Well, uh, bucket wise, you got Chicago is another one of their four teams who were preseason. They were favored in this game, and now they are dogs. So 59 percent. Winning there, that is the only bucket for either team. But Chicago also, one of the teams that lost by 10 points or more last week. Now, if you look inside these games, the Bucks actually pretty much got dominated by Minnesota in the game. 5.9 yards per play for Minnesota, 3.6 for Tampa Bay, which means they should have lost by about 10 points. Now, 
I told you guys, though. I told you preseason you've been listening. I told you last week. My buddy loved Tampa. This is the kind of bad luck regression that many will be facing all year. Remember, last year, 11-0 in one-score games. Already 0-1 in one-possession games this year. So strap in, Vikings fans. It's going to be a long goddamn ride for you guys. Now, on the Bears' side, they weren't great, but they were better, like you said, than Tampa Bay uh, from a yards-per-play perspective on offense and on defense. The Packers just happened to score five fucking touchdowns. They sucked in the fucking red zone. I don't see this Tampa Bay offense doing that, which means if Chicago can avoid the turnover, which they only turned it over one time, Tampa Bay turned it over twice. They, I mean, Tampa Bay lost the turnover battle and got outgained by a tremendous clip and still won that game. So again, Minnesota fans, it's going to be that kind of year for you. Sorry. Uh, and I know the Bears defense <laughs> sucks, but they did hold Green Bay to 12.9 yards per carry. And Tampa Bay can't run the ball either. So it comes down to Baker either having to cover the spread. And I'm going to take my chances with that. So last thing on this one, and and boys and girls, as preference to this, when anytime a uh, sounder and this uh, segment right here came together last year, Longhorn, I believe we were perfect. I don't remember our record, but I mean, if, if we missed one, it might have been one. But this, boys and girls, is going to be the numbers geek pick of the week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, Longhorn, since 2012, week two, home favorites between three and seven who have won as road dogs in week one and then facing a team that lost at home in week one by 10 or more points. Oh, those home favorites are one in five ATS with an average ATS margin of negative 5.5 points on an average line of 5.5 points. And that's three and three straight up with a zero point margin of victory. This spread is only two and a half points. So I agree with you 100%. The Bears win this game. Bear down, baby. Yeah, love it. All right, moving it up. We got the, oh, let's go Buffalo. Those Bills, nine and a half point home favorites versus our Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, and listen, if you listen to Monday's podcast, our, our recap podcast, I said that I had already put in uh, a bet on Vegas plus nine and a half. I put in five bets on Monday uh, looking ahead to this week's lines. This is the only one that I fucked up on. Like, I, I, I think I'm going to buy out on this one. I don't... Um, you know, when I put that bet in, I didn't realize that Josh Allen was going to go have like four or five turnovers and just, just look like absolute dog shit. I don't like, you know, I, I obviously I picked the Jets to win, but, you know, there's different ways to win and lose. And I don't like the fact that the way they lost, the way they had the lead and he kind of threw it away. Uh, this just, um, this reeks of like a come home and blow out type situation so I, I don't uh i don't necessarily want to get in front of that train you know uh, like 98 percent of the cash is coming in on buffalo uh, just it feels like i was on the wrong side early that's okay i'll either buy out or you know maybe i'll get lucky and that number will tick down to eight and a half and then i can just tease down to to get out of that ticket so um yeah, I'm going to lean to Buffalo. I think I was on the wrong side early, but uh, yeah, what do you got? 
All right, but the only bucket that either team falls into is Buffalo falls into a system play that we have that uh, is 64% uh, through the last five years, so that's really good for Buffalo. Now, gameplay, Las Vegas played an even game with Denver. They outgained them by one yard, same amount of first downs, but they did get lucky to win because they lost the turnover battle one to nothing. So they didn't necessarily deserve to win, but they did. It happens. Buffalo played fucking horrible. On offense, 4.6 YPP, and they weren't great on defense, really, either. They turned the ball. I know they didn't score a lot of points, but Zach Wilson's terrible. They turned the ball over three times. They lost the turnover battle. They absolutely deserved to lose that game to the Jets. There's no doubt about it. But Buffalo is that good team with big variants because Josh Allen is that good quarterback with huge fucking variants. But the last two seasons, when he has had a stinker, he bounces back in a big way. 2021, he was terrible, terrible at home versus Pittsburgh. We called that game right here on the podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next week, he beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing. Last year, he had a stinker in Baltimore. And even though they did win that game, the next week, he put up 431 yards versus Pittsburgh. They won 38 to 3. So needless to say, I expect the dumb cowboy to go away for a couple of weeks and John Wayne to come back. Secondly, Buffalo Mm -hmm. knows this offensive scheme and McDaniels inside and fucking out. In their four matchups in New England, post-Brady, let's preface it with that, the Bills were 3-1, and and their only loss was that crazy win bowl game, if you guys remember that fucking crazy shit. And the Patriots averaged 16 points per game over those four games. And then lastly... Since 2012, home teams favored by eight or more that lost the week before versus a team that won the week before, 26, 18, and one ATS, 59%. That's with an ATS margin of 3.19 points per game. But Longhorn, here's the big kicker. That's with an average line of 10 and a half. So they're winning this game by 13.76 points per game, 40 and five straight up. 88.9% 88.9% of the time they win this game. And specifically, when this happens in week two, 3-1 ATS with a 5.25 ATS margin with an average line of 11.2, 4-0 straight up, winning by 16.5 points per game. So, boys and girls, do not put the Raiders <laughs> in your money line parlay this no. week. No, this is one of the I was I'm, I was on the wrong side. This is one of those games that like if you know I always try to in the super contest. I like to have four dogs and a favorite. I like to have one or two that are kind of off the beaten path. This is one where you know I think Buffalo taking that minus. If Buffalo was coming off of three straight wins, I'd be one hundred percent with you. But after the stinker he had, he's just got a history of doing this. And yeah, it, everything is, it's Buffalo or nothing for me here. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be a heavily picked team in the contest, is what I'm saying. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, no, I, I don't either. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Oh, those Kansas City, those fucking losers. Oh, and one. Oh, what a bunch of bums. <laughs> they're going to my undefeated Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're somehow they're three and a half point home favorites. I don't know, Longhorn. Make sense of it. Well, we just talked about a game I was wrong on, but this is one I, I was absolutely right. I grabbed two and a half on Monday. We're we're never going to see the two and a half again. This this is back up. Nah. This is up to three and a half now. And if Kelsey gets cleared later this week, or for sure is playing, you're going to see a four 
That's probably a. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you'll see. No, a it, it won't. It won't stop until it gets to six if he's playing. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna get to six. Man, if it gets to six, holy shit, do I got a middle? So well, I mean, like it'll stop before six, but any anything between three and a half and five and a half is in play. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, this is just a smash spot for Kansas City. You know, it's I don't. What, what do you want me to tell you? Like they lost at home. Playing as bad as you can fucking play. Chris Jones is coming back to the team. Kelsey more than likely is coming back to the team. And Jacksonville played like shit last week. And they lost an offensive lineman. Maybe their best offensive lineman. I don't I do not do grades this early, but, you know, Sheriff is like one of their most steady, you know, uh, good offensive linemen. He's not great anymore, but he's good, and they lost him. So that O-line is in shambles. And Kansas City impressed me last week on defense. Like their defense without Chris Jones – Went toe-to-toe, man-to-man with Detroit's offensive line, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Detroit's O-line kind of took control of that game and, and got some uh, some things going. So I'm impressed by Kansas City's defense. They're getting Chris Jones back, and Jacksonville, man, they're, they're just – that game last week, you know, that impressions would be so different if that game really went the way – I mean, didn't – I think Indy had the lead. Late in the oh, third, yeah. early oh, in the yeah. fourth. Like I mean, that oh, yeah. that just that not only should India have covered, they they had a great shot to win that game, and then this game would be completely different. But I'm glad it did. I'm getting great value on Kansas City, even at three and a half. You're still getting value, so yeah, I'm leaving that way. Yeah, I don't see the Jaguars up on the board anywhere. The Kansas City Chiefs are in a very very negative bucket. However. Uh, that fade bucket went 0-2 last week. Both teams that landed it won. So we'll see what that bucket means going forward. Might not mean shit. But the Jags are in the same trend as I gave on the Titans earlier. With the, Basically, the home dog in the situation loses by about 17 points a game. So not good for the fucking Jaguars. Uh, this is definitely another one of those wait-and-see games for me. It, it would be Chiefs or pass for sure. I'm probably going to pass it. Just because I want to see how the Jags handle, because let's be honest, you know they haven't known real success in Jacksonville for a long, long time. Let's see how they handle success against the world champs that just have to handle failure as they've had to now in the in the first week. And again, Andy Reid in September we covered it week one. Not the same, not the same dude since Patrick Mahomes got there. Uh, mostly though, because they've been huge favorites, they're not a huge favorite here. They're you know three and a half. It was two and a half, like you said. A lot of money coming in on the Chiefs here. I completely understand why. So I I cannot back my Jaguars this week. Um, but yeah, definitely it, it would be Casey or pass for me. But I'm probably gonna pass the game. I just want to see how this young Jacksonville team responds to a great team coming in after they won a game like you said they shouldn't have won on the road well let's see how they handle some good luck some good fortune and some success do they hang in there do they make it a game and i don't even care if they cover but can they make it a game can it be competitive or do they get their fucking doors blown off because one of these either either the titans or the jaguars are going to get their fucking doors blown off so <laughs> choose wisely boys and girls all right all right moving on oh those cincinnati bungles is what they were last week oh my god three and a half point Though, home favorites over those Baltimore Ravens. 
Yeah, this one feels trappy to me, so I'm going to be careful. I have not made I have not made a single move on this game as of now, but I am leaning to Cincinnati on the bounce back against a team that is literally a walking mash unit already in week 2. Um, you know, but I am concerned about Burrow's health, you know, and, and the timing between him and his receivers. You know, it was it's a, it is a throwaway game for me last week. Um, but you know, what if, what if this continues, you know, and it's not just a timing thing, but like, maybe it's, maybe it's something with that calf that it's just not completely right. I don't know. I, I need, Small I need hands to... smells like cabbage. <laughs> well, we'll see what the weather is, is going to be, but you know, you know, it's, it's one thing to play bad like Josh Allen did last week. And, you know, you expect him to bounce back and be, and be the John Wayne that he, that he can be. But like I said, Burrow was historically bad. Like, not bad for Joe Burrow, bad for, like, anybody that's ever played quarterback in the NFL. So that's that's something to keep an eye on, and we'll see how that goes, how that goes going forward. Um, but Baltimore's off a big cover. Cincinnati was blown out. Everything points to Cincinnati for me in, in that department. Uh, Lamar, Lamar as a dog is money. Like, that's, that's usually a sweet spot for him, so that is a little bit of a concern, something to keep an eye on. Um, that's really all I got. It's a very soft lean to Cincy for me, Bo Cephas, but one little note, all the talk in the off season about, you know, this new offense for Baltimore and like, they're going to open it up and they're going to be going three wide, four wide. Well, it's only one game, so I'm not going to go crazy with it, but Baltimore ran 11 personnel, 28% of the time last week. Yep. 28% league average is 60. So <laughs> what would you say that we're doing differently here? So let's just keep an eye on that going forward. Again, it's week one, but yeah, soft lean to Cincy. All right. Well, um, neither team landed, I don't think, in yeah, no buckets here on this game. So the 10-point trend, obviously Cincy falls into that. But like you said, I wanted to see, okay, what happens. We, we found out what happens when two teams get their ass whipped. So now let's find out what happens when – one team gets their ass whipped, and the other team did the ass whipping. So since 2012, the home team in Week 2 got beat by 10 or more, faced a team that won by 10 or more in Week 1, and it's in division. Those teams are 0-2 straight up, and they lose by 23 points per game. Mm. So now this applies to this game and to the Pittsburgh game that we'll go over later. But take away the division component just to get a bigger sample size, and the home team is 1-6 straight up, and they lose by 11 points per game. And that's uh, 3.4 ATS. But that's with an average, though, of being dogs by 3 points. With a negative, uh, sorry. Yeah, 3 and 4, uh, okay. 1-6 straight up, 3-4 and four ATS, so way better ATS. But that's with an average line of being dogs by 3 points. But with a negative ATS margin of 8 points per game, Longhorn, since he is favored in this game. And even, and here's the biggest telling factor to me, says I've been paying attention to these preseason lines. Even with all the injuries to Baltimore, and it's a, like you said, mass unit. This line opened at three and a half in May. It is still three and a half right now. There has been no market adjustment in fucking six months. So, or five months, whatever it is. I, that stinks to me. The whole thing stinks. It's it would be Baltimore pass for me on this one. That's for sure. Hmm. Interesting. All right. All right. Moving on. Those oh, those midgetless Cardinals put up a hell of a fight in Week One. Well, 
they are consensus five and a half point home dogs to how big of a fight did the Giants put up? <laughs> would you say last week? <laughs> oh man, that, look, I'm glad that happened. Well, I'm not glad because we because we had them, but like that's that's one of those ones that you're. It's just a perfect bounce back. What a perfect bounce back! You got embarrassed in prime time. And not sort of embarrassed, like the most ultimate embarrassment on all three phases of the game that I've the ever worst loss seen. in the history of the NFL. If you missed the stat on the uh, recap podcast on Monday, I'm not going to recite it again. Go back and listen, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that's what they're there for. It's the internet, never, <laughs> internet never forgets. It's always there. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you not take new, the Giants here? Like you have to. I'm probably going to be leaning towards them and Survivor. Just because I'll probably never take them again, it, it's just it's a perfect spot for them to get right against an Arizona team that, on the scoreboard, it looked like they played close, and they and it, they did they kept it close all game, but it was a defensive touchdown that kept them in that game, and and Washington is awful on offense, so you know, um, you know it could be it could be ugly again, and they kind of squeak a seven point win out or something like that, but I actually expect it to be a double digit uh, win for, for New York coming off that embarrassing loss. They have a, they have a really good coach. Like let's not get crazy here. They got a good coach. They got a competent quarterback. It just went sideways on Monday night in the rain against my Super Bowl pick to, to represent the NFC. So yeah, I got, I got the giants here. Yeah, I don't see any other way to lean. Uh, you got the 10-point trim of the Giants coming in. Obviously, they lost. Did they lose by more than 10? What happens when you lose by 40? What's the mm, trend on that? I haven't looked that up. Mm. I didn't feel like it. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so they might be the only one in we yeah. want to ever do that. Probably. I took off my skate and tried to stab a guy. I'm the only person to ever do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. Lay low. Lay low. But on, on top of that, since 2015, Longhorn, Teams coming off a shutout loss at any time in the NFL. Uh, ATS 24-7-2. So, I don't know. Does that sound good? I think it sounds good. Pretty yeah, good. It's fucking, it's Giants or nothing. They, here's the bottom line. They have playoff aspirations. They went to the playoffs last year. They have to, have to, have to go have this game. Arizona has no intentions of being good this year. No intentions of going to the playoffs. That doesn't mean their players won't play hard. Of course they'll play hard. They play hard in week one. And, you know, they played a decent game against a very below-average team in the Redskins, and they still fucking lost. They still fucking lost. So, yeah, and their home field is like one point at best, especially especially without the midget out there and a very lethargic fan base that could give a shit about them, even when they are good. So, yeah, give me the Giants. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those Los Angeles Rams at home. Facing the San Francisco. Woo! Look like a goddamn machine, 49ers. And they yep. are eight-point home dogs. Yeah, that's the key, eight points. So, listen, I underrated San Francisco coming into the season. It appears uh, they are actually one of the teams that I'm going to go ahead and give a full, like, 50 to 75% upgrade based on what I saw just because it was simply based on the quarterback and he looked fantastic, not because he just had a good game and was hitting wide-open people. No, he played the quarterback position beautifully. So I was way wrong on San Francisco. But, again, this is eight points. This is a division game. They're on the road again. And, you know, can they do that again? Can you go play another perfect game on the road? Maybe. They might be able to. But I'm going to lean 
towards the Rams, getting those eight points. Uh, is this is a coach rivalry game? These two these two guys. You know, you have to remind me what the numbers are, but it just off memory. It's it not much like- of a rivalry. Okay. Okay. Well, again, it's a soft lean to the Rams plus eight, but I'm also going to back them up, and I've already backed them up with the tease down for San Francisco from eight to, to minus two. So I'm kind, of, kind of playing both sides there, but tell me what the numbers say. All right. Well, uh, the buckets are definitely uh, with your lean with the Rams. They're in the 59% bucket. They're in, no, sorry, the 69% bucket. They are in the 59% bucket. They are, but they're also, no, that's, that's it. Sorry. So in those two buckets, uh, and again, the 69% bucket last week, we only had one team in there. It went one or no. So it's already starting well for us there. So definitely all positive things there for the Rams. Now, I went back to try to find some trends. And in the last 10 years, I could not find anything where a team wins by 10 or more. And then they are a seven-point dog at home or more. Hmm. Not one game in 10 years. So that equals automatically stay away from me because that means – Vegas has never set this line before, which means Vegas has never seen this before. So I don't like that at all. I'm not that good at predicting the future without priors. So, and if, and I just like, it's like, well, what can I find? I found two games. If you drop that line down, it's the same situation, one by 10 or more points, and then you're a home dog in the second game of the season. If you go down to just being a three point dog, uh, those two home teams are 0-2 ATS and straight up with an average margin of loss of 11 points. So, again, I'm going to stay away. I'm really looking forward to this game. It's one of those watching C's. But here's the ultimate thing. If you're going to back uh, the Rams, you need to know this. McVay is 0-8 versus Shanny straight up since 2019 in the regular season. 1-7 ATS. And that is with an ATS margin Longhorn of just over 10 points per game. Mm. So obviously, this is a huge coaching edge, which would probably explain this line a lot to San Francisco and maybe explain why we've never seen this from Vegas before. Because on paper, I agree with you. And by the numbers, I totally agree with you. There's no fucking way San Francisco should be eight-point favorites on the road to this team. But again, with this big of disparity with a known matchup, and it don't matter, players, quarterbacks, everything's changed. It's from 2019 all the way through last year. 0-8 straight up and 1-7 ATS. For who? Point, for, for which way? For Shanahan, for the 49ers. So, so Shanahan just dominates he McVay. He dominates McVay. Dominates okay. him. All right. So, again, if you're going to back the Rams, you need to know that up front. I'm not saying they can't cover this game. I, I don't disagree that they could. But history says they won't. So, you, you got to know that going in if you want to be an educated better about it. It's it's not something that I would lay my money. I'm not going to – I just don't lay money in situations where it's one and seven, but, oh, I think I'm – I think this is the time. I th- this is the one time. Like, nah, no. fuck all that. I might double by down to the teaser. <laughs> I, might do- <laughs> I might put two teasers minus two. Yeah. So, again, and, and, and these games have historically been close, uh, but for the ATS, they have not been that close. So – We'll see. So that there's another caveat to that as far as the ATS is concerned. But anyway, I, I'm not standing in front of the San Francisco train right this second, especially uh, knowing the 
Anytime you have a known component, coach, coach that's been there, and you have multiple, like I say, quarterbacks, players, everything through the system, in and out, in and out, in and out, and it's still looking like that, no thank you. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, some Dallas Cowboys! Woo! They made your Super Bowl prediction look <laughs> real goddamn good last week, and now they are nine and a half points home favorites over those new York J-E-T-S! Jets, Jets, Jets! Yeah, it would have been it would have been looking a lot better had I not picked uh the Giants to win that game. So we're, we're, we're moving on. We're not, let's not worry about that. Um, You're not alone on that one. I was right oh there shit. fucking with you. I know. I know. Uh, listen, this is this is a first one to ten wins. This is going to be a defensive dominated game. Both quarterbacks are going to struggle. Both offenses are going to struggle. Um, obviously, well, which by the way, just and you tell me if I'm wrong, but Dak struggled in that game. Uh, yeah, but I don't, you know, it's, I'll, I'll it's, give the weather component and all that. So I'm going to give him a pass. And I want to see a true yeah. test at home against a great defense. Oh. And the Jets are a great defense. Yeah. So smash the under. I've already put a ticket in on the under on this one. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I mean, obviously with the low scoring game and you're getting nine and a half soft lean to the, to the Jets, of course. But, you know, I was going to say that, you know, Wilson is a turnover machine just waiting to happen. But Jesus, I mean, like, you know, Dak, if he's going to continue his his issues from last year, this is the type of team that's going to take the ball away from him as well. So I just love the under in this one. I'm going to, and on a force lean, I'd take the Jets. What do you got? Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, the Jets are they've got split components this week. They're in a 59% winning bucket. They're also in an 18% winning bucket. So hmm. that's not good. But however, uh. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We should have remembered Longhorn last week. We shouldn't have. We should never back the Giants. I just said about the. You don't want to stand in front of one and seven. You don't want to stand in front of these things. Oh, you don't yeah. want to stand in front of Brady. You do not. And I will. Ne- I will never, ever, 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 ever again. As long as Dak is standing on two legs and taking the seventh Dallas quarters, Cowboys. I will never <laughs> put an opposing NFC East team in the Super Contest versus the Dallas Cowboys. Ever fucking again. He yeah. owns them. He His record is better than Brady's as far as like career ATS percentage when you talk about in the division. It is like, he's. I think he's like 25 and 10 now, ATS. Yeah. It's just a, some teams, yeah. it's just, there's a weird thing. You, you don't know, Cleve- want to do Cleveland that. beating Cincinnati. They own them. Why? I don't know, but just don't go against it. But Dak owns the NFC East. I will never, ever, ever <laughs> go against that again. Now, you don't have to bet on him, and that's fine. But you don't want to try to catch the falling eye. But here's where you can get Dak. Against non-division opponents for his career Longhorn, 27 and 34 ATS. So he is, he goes from Tom Brady to Kirk Cousins. If you just take those two components. Yeah. So you and I, and I, I think I, you got a shot here with the Jets. They they do play great defense. It's week two. They're not gonna quit. They love their coach. They have, I mean, dude, they have 10 defensive linemen deep. I mean, probably you you correct me if I'm wrong, but like probably six of their ten could probably start on almost every team throughout up and down their defensive line. They've got Sauce Gardner at cornerback. Uh, I forget the other cornerback's name. I mean, which one? Whitehead, Reed. They yeah, got, their dude, safeties are good. The linebackers are good. I mean, like they're fucking yeah, low. They they're got Mosley. Yeah, 
They're well, eight deep just in on pass rushers. That's not even counting the DTs, and one of them is an all-pro. So, yeah, they're fucking sick. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's Jets or nothing for me here. And, again, you don't go against Dak versus the NFC East. Anybody else, it's game on because he's a sub-500 ATS quarterback. This is a perfect letdown spot for the for the Cows after that yeah. huge win on the road. They know they should win this game, and they will win the game. They will win this game. Don't put don't put the Jets in your money line parlay. I'm gonna tell you that right now. No, but I do like the fact that even though they won, the Jets won the game, but it doesn't feel like they won. And Salah is a smart coach. He's gonna use that psychology to to uh, get the most out of his team um, in this in this game. And uh, he's just the right, like you know, we talked about the Chargers and their defensive coach who doesn't seem to be able to to lead his men and get them to play to up to their potential. The defensive not, coach that can't stop a fucking team from scoring a field goal with nine goddamn seconds yeah. left in the half. Yeah, he's a fraud defensive coach. Sala is the fucking man defensive coach. He will have them ready. He will have them feeling like just the, the world is counting them out, which they are. So that's a good spot with Dallas coming off a huge blowout win. So, yeah, I, I like the Jets catching those points. Yep, it's Jets or pass for me. All right, moving on. Those Denver Broncos. Ah, man, still kind of suck, don't they? Three and a half point home favorites, though, over those Washington Redskins. Yeah, I hope everybody thinks they suck, uh, and they might not be great. But this is this is a bounce back spot for Denver. I, Denver, I'm all over Denver here. I love this spot. They're back. They're still at home, so you still got that first two weeks of the season altitude. And I'm oh, sorry, hit the microphone. And and last week they played a division game at home and you know of course there's the the division stats that we talked about last week but also on top of that you know uh, your division opponent goes to your house every year so maybe the altitude didn't have quite as much to play uh as it did as it will this week washington is not in the division they're not even in the conference so i do expect that altitude to come into play into this game uh denver knows they cannot start to an zero and two they're, they have playoff aspirations. Uh, Especially not fucking at home. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what's the coach's name? It slipped my mind. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. He, he's just too good of a coach to, to start 0-2 at home. So, yeah, I'm all over Denver here. Yep. All right. So, no buckets here. And I, I, I did write some notes on the longstanding theory that you bet Denver in weeks one and two at home. It's largely floated out there because you said early in the season, teams get worn out. In the altitude. Well, if you look at Denver since 2012, at home in week two, they're two, three, and one in ATS. Not great. Five and one straight up, though. But even with that negative trend percentage, here's where I dug in. They have an average ATS margin of a plus 3.67 points per game. And that's with an average line of minus five. So this line's minus three and a half. So they're covering that number hand over fist, but over a touchdown. So, not a problem there. But inside of that, if you look at all six of those games, they have outscored their opponents, Longhorn, 59-24 to in the fourth quarter. So, that is where that narrative absolutely fucking holds true. Because the teams get worn out, it's fourth quarter, yeah. outs too. Now, the Skins are notoriously slow starters. Since 2012, on the road, as dogs between three and five, they get outscored by an average of three points in the first half. And early in the season, so I took it from week four all the way to week one, they they get outscored by three and a half points in the first half. And in the Ron Rivera era, since everybody loves fucking Ron Rivera, so since 2020, 
Uh, Longhorn, they get outscored by 10.5 points per game in the first half. So if they can't jump Denver and take a lead into halftime, they have very little, if any, fucking chance of covering this fucking spread. This is Denver or pass for me here. I have no other way to look at it. Yeah, I love it. All right, moving on. Oh, those New England Patriots. The fucking McCookie Monster. Three point. Now, home dog to those my hammer dolphins. Yeah, I already teased up New England when they were two and a half to eight and a half. And I was, you know, kind of hoping and waiting that this line would go up. And if it ticks to three and a half, I'm going to be all in on New England. I might be all in on them anyways at three. Um, this look, they can prove me wrong. Go ahead and prove me wrong, Miami. Like, like go to New England, sloppy, slow field, and do what you did to the Chargers on the turf last week. Like, you just just go ahead and show me because New England, their defense is not the Chargers' defense. This is actually defense that can play defense. Um, you know, it's it's. I'm not going to hit the sounder because it, although it's a good spot for New England as far as as far as that stuff goes, but Tua seems to own. New England. He's 4-0 against New England in his career, his young career. Is that good? So I can't hit the sounder just based on that, but I do love the spot for New England. I would love to have that number tick up to 3.5, but I did already put in a teaser at plus 8.5. What do you got? All right, well, the Dolphins fall into our 60% bucket. They also fall into our 59% uh, bucket. So it is all Dolphins as far as that goes. There is no New England um, counterpart to that. The only other thing that I really wrote in this game was, you know, Philly closed at three and a half um, last week. I texted you in my online super contest. They ticked down to three and a half, and I'm always watching that close to kickoff because you can change, you know, the advantage of that, the advantage and disadvantage of that contest. You can change your pick at any time up to kickoff. As soon as they got below the four, I fucking substituted a pick out. It's a good call by me. I substituted out what was a loss. And to Philly for a win. I didn't like Philly at the five or wherever they were before. So I love Philly at the three and a half. Uh, Philly pretty much toyed with their food last week. They fucked up a lot to try to keep New England in that game. But the overall consensus for me, if you look at our power rankings, which in we had 12 gradable games out of 16, went seven and five last week overall. If you just bet every game per power ratings, uh, had a winning week. You know, that means that, I can I can definitely buy Miami being only half a point worse than Philly on well I guess that I wrote that at two and a half so one point worse than Philly on our neutral field you know all things considered and two of being healthy uh, so for me this is kind of just a numbers play I would have to lean to Miami with that and the like I said the the buckets and the research information look I'm not scared of Bill Belichick anymore I'm not scared of New England anymore. They're a poverty fucking offense. They're terrible, 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 terrible. And to beat Miami, you're either going to have to make Tua turn the ball over or you're going to have to fucking hit him over the head with a coconut. Because other than that, they're just going to score the fucking ball, man. And they don't have that kind of home and road split. Let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on that. Because they, I mean, they had 382 yards last week. They, uh, Mac threw for over 300. And you can say they played with their food, but after the first quarter spotting them 16 to nothing, the rest of the game was 20 to nine. They scored nine more points. I mean, but, is- but if you remember, if you remember though, that's what, that's kind of Philly's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I, this, it 
bugs the fucking ever-loving shit out of me. But for some reason, if you remember last year, the trend we kept following on Philly was bet Philly in the first half, bet Philly in the first half, bet Philly in the first half. They come out guns blazing, they get a lead, and they basically just sit on it. They basically just sit on it. And obviously that cost them the Super Bowl uh, when they were kicking the shit out of fucking Kansas City after the half. But they play that way, man. For whatever reason, and I I don't understand it. I don't know if it's a game plan. They use all their good plays first, and they rely on the defense. I don't know what it is. I I can't explain it, but they they literally do it every fucking game. They should run the uh, Darius Slay interception for a touchdown play every week. They should do that that every time. (laughs) All right, moving on. We got those. Oh, my boy Bryce Young. He's finally going to play a home game in game two. Three points. Home dogs to your eventual Super Bowl champion, New Holland Saints. Mm. I might have made a bad pick on that. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, they weren't that, that defense was impressive last week for New Orleans. Uh, I, that you know that they, they were a fill out team for me, and I'm still kind of trying to fill them out. Uh, there were some things I saw that I didn't like, but there were some things that I saw that I did like. But my question here is. Is there much of a difference, at least right now in the season, between Carolina at home and how Tennessee played last week? You know, Tannehill was awful last week. He was god-awful. But the defense was good for Tennessee. And even with New Orleans hitting some... Yeah, uh, some, you know, some some plays over the top, Carr hitting some some bombs. Yeah, Alavi had a great game. Yeah, Lavi had a good game. That Shahid uh, guy, like he hit him, like some, and and Thomas was good over the middle. So even with all that, and even with New Orleans playing good on defense and Tannehill playing terrible, they didn't cover. And now you got a, what should be a similar type team, a team that wants to play good on defense. Uh, hopefully, they don't get shitty quarterback play, but he is a rookie, so we'll see what we get. And this is prime time, by the way, Monday night. Okay, and it's prime time, and they're catching three at home, so. It's not. It's not like a. I'm not hitting a sound or anything. I mean, it's a rookie who hasn't won a game yet. But like, I like that three at home for Carolina. That's the, that's the way I'm going to lean in this one. Yeah, man. I wanted to be. This was, this is one of the ones I circled for the Saints. I wanted to find Saints back in data. I was like Saints, Saints, Saints. Three points on the road. Shitty fucking rookie. Whatever. But man, at the end of the day, uh, if you look at Carolina where they fell, they fell in our 69 percent winning bucket. They fell in our 59% winning bucket. Uh, And, yeah, that's it on that. But the Saints, the one thing that uh, they did go to, and, again, this is now three-plus years of research on this one, preseason, any team, and this is any time, it's not early in the season, any time, a team goes from a pick to the favorite, the team that gets bet to the favorite, 61% ATS. So that would be the Saints. Obviously, in this case. So, that kind of cancels a lot of my positive Carolina findings. However, Carolina does have the 10-point trend uh, behind them. But, since 2012, home dogs in Week 2 who didn't cover Week 1 versus a team that didn't cover in Week 1 as a favorite, well, those home teams are 2-4 and four ATS with a negative ATS margin of 4.58 points per game. And that is when the average spread of 4.9 their spread is only three. That means they're losing by nine and a half points a game in this situation. 
I, I mean, I think this is going to be an ugly game. I would love to play it one way or the other because I don't think a lot of people in the contest will be on this one way or the other. No. I still might play it one way or the other. If I did play it, there's no other way to play it for me. Just but the same for me. Is uh, the Saints? Yeah, I think so. It's. I mean, just. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. It's. You do what you want, uh, obviously. But and we'll see how that how this changes. But as of right now, it's kind of a Joe's versus pros. Seventy one percent of tickets on New Orleans, fifty seven percent of cash on Carolina. Yeah, and I and like I said, the, if you the deep dive buckets that I went through are all pro, pro, pro Carolina. Again, they have the ten point trim behind them as well. I, I don't think it's going to make my top five. I really don't. Um, but man. I hope you do because I want to hear you like cussing yourself out when you <laughs> when you pick the Saints next week. And you're like, I'm never <laughs> ever ever going against all my buckets again. That was stupid. Well, that's not all of them because, like I said, the, the Saints have right. the 61 percent uh, from pick to favorite. And man, that's that's quite a bit of games it goes because if you think about preseason pickums now some years have more than others this year had more way more than last year on the 18 game schedule uh pickums so we're gonna have a lot more opportunity this year to play this than we did last year but again i don't think it's gonna make my top five i am i am very interested to see how my boy bryce young bounces back in prime time now it is the early monday night game but it's still prime time 7 15 kickoff east coast so well, Still, what is this shit they're doing? I see 715 and 815 for the second game. What is this? What are yeah, we doing? Yeah. Oh, well, let's get to the. Oh, okay. I'm sorry I didn't announce the. Oh, Monday Night Football. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. This is the second Monday Night game, and it's those Pittsburgh Steelers. They are now consensus two and a half point home dogs to the Cleveland Browns. Well, I already hate the fact that they're doing a doubleheader at the same fucking time on Monday. I don't, I'm not a fan of that, but I, I'm also not a fan of going an entire another week with a tiny Asian micro peen. So we're going to go with this as the big <laughs> dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice dick. I'm going to put my dick in. Yes, I know. I know Pittsburgh looked like dog shit last week. And I know that Tallman is not money at home as a dog anymore. I get it. I get it. Okay? But look, it's the Steelers at home against a team that I think that I think the Browns are much better. Not much better, but are better. But they're coming off a huge win. Now they're going on the road to a division rival. You know, I'll wait and see if this ticks up to three because it seems to be trending that way, I think is what you said. Yeah. If I've already teased Pittsburgh up from two to eight. I should have waited because now it's two and a half and I could have caught eight and a half. I should have waited. But we'll just see. Like, just keep on coming in and betting Pittsburgh y'all, or keep betting Cleveland. Y'all just keep on doing it because I'll be right there to scoop it up on the other side and laugh my way to the fucking counter when Pittsburgh wins this game. Like 21 or 20, 20 to 18. It's going to be something stupid. Like the unders in play also. Oh, yeah. I think the unders definitely in play. Um, so the only bucket in this game is Pittsburgh. And they are, again, when the preseason fav- or, yeah, favorite flips to the dog, the team that was originally favored, 59% cover. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they have the 10 point trend behind them as well. So. You got that going on. Uh, 
But they are also in the same trend as Cincy when a team, they kick the shit out of somebody, plays a team that got the shit kicked out of them. So that is the big negative there for Pittsburgh. It's a little bit both ways there. And like you said, Tomlin is now 2-3. and three. ATS is a home dog without Big Ben. So he's no longer an automatic play on. I'm not saying you've got to play against him. I'm saying he's like every other coach in the league that doesn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a fucking coin flip. So I'm not saying I don't like the spot. I think the spot definitely favors you 100%. Um, so... We'll see what happens. Uh, this is definitely a pass game for me. I do want to see what Pickett does in a bounce-back game. And I want to see Deshaun Watson perform on the road in prime time because he was okay against Cincy, but he wasn't great. And this no. defense is way better than Cincy's. And they got – I mean, I know the game got away from them from San Francisco, but early on they were getting after Purdy's ass. And like you said in the recap show – it was really all Purdy early on. Like he was moving, shaking, making stepping throws. Up. I yeah. mean, stepping up, doing things. And not saying that Sean Watson's not capable of doing those things. We've seen him do it, but is he still <sighs> capable of doing those things? I don't know. I, I haven't seen him do it in a long time. He's not that pocket presence type of guy. And I do see him getting flustered, flushing out, and doing something stupid, either throwing the ball or fumbling with TJ Watts. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I totally on your side. I, I couldn't bet it in any other way, uh, but it's just going to be another one of those wait-and-see games for me here simply because I do want to see how Pickett bounces back. He, I don't remember him playing that bad at all, and I've, I've never been a Pickett guy. I never will be a Pickett guy. But <laughs> even last year, as much as I don't like him, I don't remember him seeing seeing him play as bad as he did in that first week. That was god-fucking-awful. Yep. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, this is the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said, free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. All right. Well, we talked about it all during this podcast. It is a teasing kind of week, and I'm going to make a teaser as my uh, free play. I'm going to take those San Francisco 49ers, and I'm going to take them down to two points. This is a six-point teaser, by the way, and I'm going to pair that with the Monday night Pittsburgh Steelers, taking them all the way up to eight and a half. They might lose this game. But it's going to be ugly and sloppy, and I don't see them getting blown out twice at home in a row. So San Francisco minus two, Pittsburgh plus eight and a half. Yeah, I like that a whole fucking lot. All right, time for your college free pick of the week. Oh, it's going to be those Liberty Bibberties minus three and a half. <laughs> Look, the big question coming the season on Liberty was do they have a quarterback? Well, through two games, they put up 77 points. So the answer is probably so. <laughs> In fact, Caden Salter is a true dual-threat quarterback who has done it all so far this year. Buffalo, on the other side, has given up 78 points through two games, including 40 points last week to Fordham, who is an FCS school. Now, if you know anything about FCS football, which, Longhorn, I know you are the resident expert of that, you know that Fordham is a good FCS school, but you cannot give up 40 points at home to them, period. You just can't do it. 
Now, Buffalo, under the old coaching staff, we made a lot of money under them. They used to play great fucking defense and make big plays on offense. The new coaching staff doesn't really, you know, have any interest in doing either one of those things for whatever reason. I don't know. But Liberty hasn't been world beaters on defense, but they are good at holding opponents out of the end zone. So I will take that coupled with their offense against this shitty Bulls defense. Liberty, 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 Liberty. What happens when uh, Fordham plays Chevium? Is that, a, is that a big game? I think the world comes to an end at oh, that point. Okay. I think that's what happens. And this week, there is no money line. Uh, pizza money parlay. I apologize, but I just could not find three mm. dogs I could put together for you guys. I actually do try to make you guys money for this. I don't just throw darts at the board. I know some weeks it seems like I just pulled it out of my ass of how bad they lose, but I do try it this week. I could not come up with it, so I apologize. You don't get a pizza money parlay, but what you do get is a chance for a Longhorn to tell you about that fabulous website one more time. Award-winning episode number 150. The balloons are going up. The, the confetti's oh. falling down. This is number 150 of the FGH podcast uh, is in the books. And speaking of books, if you would like to beat the fuck out of your book this season, be sure and go to that website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out those free picks. Check out those packages. We have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages. We have college packages. We have NFL packages. Look, we're the best price handicappers in the business. Don't dip your toes in just one because, like I said at the beginning, one may have a bad week. The other picks it up. We're a team. All the football is a team together. And when you do go to that website and you buy one of those packages, we become Partners for Life and Bocephus in a usually and mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-on money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it. People never pay a bookie again. Steven, tell it to yourself, baby.